From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature. Real stories where humans and our habitat meet. A Megan Fury. This time, a woman sets out on a cross-country trip with a borrowed dog and no plan. That's when I was like, oh God, whoa, what did I get myself into? Sleeping in the car for two hours at 3 a.m. Maybe this isn't for me. You know, maybe I should just go home, call into bed, say never mind, tell my parents they were right. Carolyn Huklowski lives in Wappingers Falls, New York, in the Hudson Valley. And to say that she was never an outdoors person is a bit of an understatement. Growing up, I was just an indoor kid. And somewhere in maybe the nine to 10 year old range, my parents decided that it was time for us to start going on camping trips. I have a sister who's two years younger than me, so the four of us would get in the station wagon with the clamshell. And my mom's family is originally from the Adirondack Mountain. So we would go to a little town up there and go camping, and I immediately needed it. <laughs> it was a hard no. I, I don't swim, I don't fish, I don't like lakes, I can't see the bottom, I don't want to touch bugs or dirt. It was just nonsense to me. I, I just put me back inside. There is a semi-famous photo in my family and I'm in the car reading Les Miserables on a camping trip. And after that year, they left me with Grandma. That aversion to the outdoors followed Carolyn into adulthood. But as she got older, Carolyn realized there was a lot more she wanted out of life, more she wanted to do. She hadn't traveled much and had a lot of things on her bucket list. I always wanted to go cross country. Drive to California back. I started thinking about it in my late 20s. Maybe I should do something before I get married and have kids and just go cross country with some friends. But I couldn't ever get anybody to go with me. But I, I never wanted to do it by myself. That was not ever in the plan. When she turned 36, Carolyn decided to pull the trigger, though she says she was kind of pushed into it. It's a very eye-rolling thing. I did it for a boy. <laughs> I had met someone in mid-May, and by mid-August, I was going cross-country along with his dog. He was kind of like someone who had done everything, seen everything, been everywhere. He's like, well, you should do it. I was like, yeah, but you're coming with, right? No, I don't have time for that. Go by yourself. And I said, well, hell no, that's terrifying. And he said, take Thor. And I said, okay. I was just so infatuated at the time. He says, jump, I'm going to jump. And <laughs> so I did it. He opened the door, but I was the one who drove the car. You know, he was not there with me. I did that. Thor was her boyfriend's dog. He's a big dog, a mix of a lab and a cattle dog. 
I had only been around the dog a little bit for a couple months when we set this whole thing up. Just was told that he was good at traveling, that he would be fine on a road trip, that it wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't have any issues. Carolyn was grateful to have Thor for company. It made her feel safer. Carolyn still felt a little scared and nervous, but also excited. And she knew she should probably start planning. Ah, it was 90% winging it. And I said, if I plan too much and I see something cool, I won't be able to stop because I'm going to have an agenda or a timeline. Uh, I bought like a $40 pop-up tent off Amazon. I brought my sleeping bag from my failed childhood camping trips. That's about the planning I did. The only thing Carolyn knew for sure was that she wanted to end her trip by touching the Pacific Ocean, specifically at the Santa Monica Pier in California. Everything else she would leave up in the air. The day finally came, and Carolyn set off with Thor. I saw they had it all figured out. I thought I knew exactly how it was going to go. I left from New York City, and I was, like, nervous. But looking back and having experienced it, I was not appropriately nervous. At the time, uh, I had the plan that every day I was going to drive. I was going to stop by sunset, and I was going to write in my journal and drink tea and read my book and go to bed, and that is not how this works. I was just really delusional, happily, joyfully, joyfully delusional about how it was going to go down. (laughs) Yeah, so that's, I just remember my mindset being that of someone who has clearly never done this before and doesn't know what's coming. Carolyn didn't have a firm itinerary, but she only had two weeks to get to California and then back home to New York. So the first few days were just driving. With all due respect to Pennsylvania, it's really, really long and really, really boring to drive through. So in the first two days, there's not much. So you're just driving and there's nothing. You have to push through like Pennsylvania into Ohio before you even get to even close to where you want to be. So within maybe 36 hours, I was like, oh God, I don't know if I can even drive past Ohio. There's like nothing here. It's just me versus, you know, herds of 18-wheelers and nothing really to see or do. And those first couple nights, I was trying to drive as much as I could. I was driving until I was too tired to go further and sleeping in my car. And I was like, am I going to have to turn around before I even get anywhere? That's when I was like, oh God, whoa, what did I get myself into? Sleeping in the car for two hours at 3 a.m., Maybe this isn't for me. You know, maybe I should just go home, crawl into bed, take a shower, say never mind, tell my parents they were right. 
you know, I did have a huge fear of people in general as strangers. And it's a valid fear. I'm not going to say that I never pulled into like a, a rest area where I thought I was going to sleep and saw 30 trucks parked and said, never mind, and kept going. Uh, you know, I'm not that, you know, trusting. I had a dog. I, I would tell anyone if you must travel long distance alone and you don't have your own, borrow a road dog that knows how to sleep in the back seat for extended periods of time. <laughs> Because when you're sleeping alone in your car at a loves truck stop and you've never even been to a truck stop and it's your first night and you're scared, it really helps to have a paw to put your hand on. <laughs> He's a big, goofy, soft dog, but he is really big, so... When you're traveling, no one knows that he's like a nice doggy. That's a pretty imposing figure. One of our fun bonding moments early on was when we stopped in the town in Illinois with all the, the world's largest stuff. And I have a video on there of me bringing him to the world's largest wind chime and we rang it quote unquote together. And then he proceeded to roll in the grass in front of a cape off the grass sign. And it was really funny, but he really liked the giant windshield. He also really loved one of the special things that we did was every time we stopped at Lake, um, I love this truck stop. They all have dog parks. So we started taking pictures at every dog park that we stopped at. If you go to the truck stops page, a lot of times they repost people who stop. So that became like a way of working my progress. Even though she had Thor, Carolyn didn't feel totally comfortable sleeping in her car. But she did have her cheap camping equipment, so she decided to use it. The first place I camped was in Graham State Park in Missouri, and I was vastly underprepared for camping. I had a tent and a tarp. That was an interesting sleep for me. Turns out you, there are things you can buy to make camping more comfortable. I just didn't think about that because I didn't really plan. So it was, it was pretty rough. You know, the first night I slept in a tent, I was like, okay, well, I slept in a tent and I didn't die. I kind of enjoyed it. Oh, maybe this isn't so bad. Maybe you're not that person anymore. Carolyn surprised herself, and she gained a bit more confidence. She wanted to finish what she'd started, so she kept on driving, right through Kansas. You want to see something really surreal? I, I didn't actually win from. Between Kansas and Nebraska, there's not a whole lot of visual interruptions other than the windmills. You know, they all have those blinking red lights on them at night. They're very hypnotic when you're driving and that's all you see. Carolyn made it through Kansas and her next stop was Colorado, where she had some family. She stopped to spend time with them and rest a bit before heading on to Utah. I stayed with my mother's family in Colorado Springs and I was going on to the next stop and there was a road closure 
and the road closure gave me two choices. I could go back and stay another night in the Springs, which was too far to turn around, or I could take this detour that was going to add some time, but it was going to keep me moving forward. And I took the detour. Absolutely insane rainstorm. Not ideal driving conditions. It's really narrow. It's through the mountains. Imagine like a no shoulder road, but where the end of the road is, it's just rock straight up because it's cut through a mountain. You couldn't pull over if you wanted to. So you can't stop. And it was just pouring rain. It was dark. It was windy. I had a truck in front of me and a truck behind me. And I had just reached that point where I'm like, oh no, I shouldn't have done this. And it was just the kind of torrential downpour where you want to put your flashers on and drive 10 miles an hour or pull over. And I physically could not stop my car. And I felt like I was trapped, you know, on this road. It was just one of those moments where I was like, you literally have no choice but to keep going. You know, sometimes taking the detour versus doubling back, sometimes you really should just say, all right, I'm gonna wait this out. I didn't know how long the road was gonna be closed for. I think I found out later the road they closed for another few days. So it wouldn't have mattered anyway. I would have still had to do that drive, but just maybe not at night, not in the rain. <laughs> it's one of those things where you tell people later on on your journey, and they're like, I wouldn't have recommended you did that, but okay. Carolyn made it out of Colorado safely, but her confidence was shaken. She arrived in Utah exhausted. But Utah had a lot of surprises in store. A friend had recommended she check out Sego Canyon, just across the Colorado border. It's like a whole other planet. It is one of the most magical places I've ever been. It's like a ghost town when you pull in. And it felt like home. It has old petroglyphs on it, um, and unfortunately it's been vandalized, but you can still see the old drawings on it. And if you didn't know it was there, you would go right by it. It's very like unfinished. There's not like ramps and pathways. There's no sign. You just drive down this dirt road to nowhere, and then you're literally driving through the canyon. And there's nobody there. And it feels like you're going to this little secret spot that nobody knows about. And I drove out before sunrise. And I laid down on the ground. I just felt compelled to lay. I laid face down on the ground in the middle of this canyon sun came over the edge of the canyon and I felt the sun's heat 
kind of pass over me. Hearing the birds coming to life as the sun came up and feeling the temperature shift and the light shift and just being alone in this space. And they don't really know a lot about who painted on the walls or what it means, but I felt connected to those people that lived there. And I cried because I've never seen anything so, I don't know. It was just me and the earth. And I knew no one was gonna interrupt my moment. This world is so full of stuff and people. <laughs> There's not a lot of places where I live where you can go and just be alone. And just be one with the planet, all of humanity, past, present, future. That's what I felt. It was truly profound. Carolyn felt renewed after Utah. It reminded her why she took this journey in the first place. She felt joyous and ready to tackle the next leg of her adventure. One night in Nevada, Carolyn set up camp next to a couple. In the morning, she and Thor were making breakfast when the husband came over. And he looked a little rough around the edges. And he came out and he just started talking at me and I couldn't stop it. All right, we're camping neighbors. I guess I got to be polite. And he just looked like the kind of person that would be maybe a little questionable. And he ended up offering me some coffee and just wanting to have a nice chat. Him and his wife were living there. They were kind of like camping nomads. And they both seemed like they had maybe had a tough go of life. But he just wanted to share his coffee and have a chat. So it was interesting that the person who initially I found like, maybe I should avoid this guy, ended up just wanting somebody to talk to. And that's not to say that it couldn't have gone the other way, but I had like the opposite experiences of what I thought I would have had with strangers. I was very fortunate. From Nevada, it was on to California, the last stop on Carolyn's journey west. But she had to get there first. Oh, I didn't realize California had so much desert. And it was August and it was very hot and it was actually really unpleasant. Honestly, going into Cali because that portion of the drive is very arid and there's like one rest stop. It's just desert. So I was actually a little scared. What if I run out of gas, you know, and there's nothing. So I was a little bit just wanting to get through that. And then I hit the LA traffic and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. 100 degree desert into like Manhattan level traffic. So what was going through my mind was, why did I do this to myself again? 
I was just so overwhelmed. After being in like the vast open beautiful space and like just open landscapes and mountains and gorgeous and desert and then all of a sudden I was just in the vice grip of the city again, I was honestly like, oh god. Carolyn finally made it through the traffic and found a place to park near the Santa Monica Pier. From there, she and Thor made their way out to the Pacific Ocean. Carolyn had pictured this moment so many times as she drove cross-country. In the movie version of her journey, it would be the climax, the moment she would know she had made it and become a different person. In real life, it was... Well, underwhelming. Yeah, there was no swelling music. You know, nothing against the Pacific Ocean, but it's about the same as the Atlantic Ocean back home. The cathartic moment happened elsewhere and prior to the ocean. I was underwhelmed by L.A., but I didn't see much of it. As soon as I got there, I was ready to leave. I missed being able to put my car on cruise control at 100 miles an hour, take my hands off the wheel out in Kansas. It was somewhat disappointing. Carolyn just didn't feel the way she thought she would when she got to California. And after regaining her trust in people, she had a weird encounter on the beach. And somebody walked up to us to pet Thor. And he barked in a way that I hadn't seen before. And I was like, "Mm, no, I actually can't pet the dog. Carolyn and Thor didn't stay in L.A. long. Carolyn had only taken off two weeks, and she needed to get back to New York. Plus, she was ready to go home. But the adventure wasn't over yet. Carolyn took I-80 back home, which took her right through Wyoming. And it was on our way back, and it was very tired, it was just exhausted. And when we stopped to Wyoming, there was a big storm, and there was a lot of wind, which may be something you're familiar with living in Wyoming. I wasn't great at putting out the tent still, and they didn't stake it down, and they thought we were going to blow away. And the dog just, like, laid on me like a body pillow, almost. And I was, for some reason, just so scared of the windstorm. And I thought the tent was going to fall to pieces, and it was raining, and then it started leaking, and there was just water coming everywhere. And I covered us up with a layer of trash bags. Just had to get through the night. Nothing was really going to happen. We were at a KOA. It wasn't that serious. But in that moment when it's dark and ah, and you don't know where you are, it can be very, very scary in the moment. And that had been the whole point of bringing the dog was to have company. I definitely bonded with him as far as, like, my confidence. Carolyn and Thor made it through the night and left Wyoming the next morning. There wasn't really any time to stop and take in the sights on the way back, so it was just long stretches of driving. 
it was worse on the way back. Just so over it. I think the hardest day was the last day because when you've been driving for two weeks straight, you know, you go, oh good, I only have to go four more hours. I think that was maybe the longest four hours of the whole trip. Carolyn and Thor eventually made it, and she says it felt strange being back home. It was like that vacation, like your first day back to work after a vacation sadness. Carolyn also had to return Thor to his owner. I actually went back to the guy I was seeing at the time who who got me to go on this trip. And we were going to meet back at his house in Woodstock. I had thought that he would be back when I got back, and he wasn't. So I was wanting some kind of tearful reunion where he was going to run out and hug me, you know, the movie moment where I was going to, you know, get lifted into the air and my legs, swing my legs around and get a big hug and cry and just fall into his arms. And he wasn't home yet. So I just pulled into the driveway and the chickens ran out to greet my car like always. And um, there was no one home. So it was just me still. And it almost felt like it didn't happen. I don't know how else to describe it. It felt like it wasn't real. You're like, is that a fever dream? Did that happen? Almost like whiplash going back to reality. (laughs) For what it's worth, uh, no longer see each other. And the relationship itself, (laughs) I will not remember it as a perfect relationship. But that maybe was the push I needed to do something life-changing without that initial push and whatever crazy early relationship woo-woo feelings that you get. Without that, I probably wouldn't have done it. I would have had a life where I would have been on my deathbed going, you know, I never did take that cross-country trip. Because somehow I went from... The kid that was like, if you make me go camping one more time, I'm disowning you guys as my parents. So like doing this wild thing where I had to learn how to make a fire. I I haven't just become a completely different person where now I'm just a rabid outdoorsman and I'm planning to hike the Appalachian Trail. But I think I realized what I had been missing. And it was a little sad, actually, because when I was younger and I didn't want to do stuff outside, I clung on to it. Like, not wanting to go outside was like a personality trait. So I was almost sad when I came back. I said, oh, what else have I missed? It just taught me that being open to trying new things, being able to reassess as you get older, not holding so tightly onto that. I I didn't like it then, therefore I can never like it. Pigeonholed myself so hard. Turns out uh, that's not how life works. People can change.
Our storyteller today was Carolyn Huklowski. Carolyn still lives in New York and says she definitely remained open to trying new things. That includes camping in a cow pasture in South Dakota and taking up roller skating. Carolyn no longer sees Thor since her relationship ended, and she says she really misses him. But she's got a sweet cat of her own, babysits her friend's dogs when they're out of town, and has even fostered puppies. For photos from this episode, follow us on social media. We're at Human Nature Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. On X, formerly Twitter, we're at Human Nature Pod. And if you have a story to share, let us know. We are always happy to hear from our listeners, and who knows, you could be featured on an upcoming season. I'm Megan Fury. This episode was produced by me, with help from Melody Edwards and Stephen Carroll. Our theme song is by Caught a Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media. It's human.